This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk. Hello everyone and welcome to The Advice Show. From advising clients to practice management, this podcast will give you UK and global insights into the financial planning profession. I'm Chloe, a reporter and new model advisor, and today we are talking about open finance. Um, so we will touch on what open finance is, uh, what opportunities and challenges it presents, and what advisors should know about it. Joining us today is Raphael Bianchi. Raphael is Senior Partner and Country Head of Switzerland at Simples, which is a global management consulting company that advises financial services firm on tech and digital transformation. Um, so, Raphael, how are you doing this morning? Very good. Thank you very much. It's a bit early, but uh, even earlier for you. So, <laughs> thank you for this. <laughs> yeah, interview. so just context for listeners, we are um, uh, we are recording this at 6.30 UK time. Um, so, it's a little bit early, but, you know, it's it's lovely here in the UK. So, I think it, it should be good. And, and you're in, in Switzerland, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay, nice. So, Raphael, to start off, I just wanted to know a little bit more about your professional background and and what it is that you do at at Simples. Yes, happy to do so. To make maybe to make this short, but uh, I started uh, um, actually as a as a founder of an AI fintech. But at that time, was not too many data to uh, to explore for AI. So then I went into the consulting career career where I'm now almost twenty years. And uh, focusing fully on financial services, mainly on banking, but not entirely. Um, and as you said already, I'm right now responsible for Simple Switzerland, where we actually have been founded, but also now the CEO of our new technology practice, Simple's Eight. And probably for this podcast, more interesting also my role as a president of an MPO called Open Wealth, where we define API standards um, for the financial services industry. Okay, great. And so um, to, to sort of start off with the most basic, but I guess fundamental question, what exactly is, is open finance and, you know, how does it work essentially? Let me put it in, 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 in a few words. So I would define it as the, as the free exchange of data in the space of financial services and uh, enabling new business models along the value chain um, of banks and insurance companies. Okay, great. And so um, kind of one of the things that that we hear a little bit about about open finances is, I guess, a, a smaller part of it, which is open banking, right? And there's this whole this talk about open banking revolution. Can you tell me exactly what that is and, and what is driving this? Yes. I mean, as you rightfully said, open banking is uh, not open finance. I come to that. So, but the revolution definitely started there. And I think it started kind of also with recognizing the potential of API technology. Maybe not everybody would agree what was first, but API technology is definitely very important uh, um, because it enables, it's a technology that enables data exchange to a very efficient way. So um, I think access to data though is still very restricted and needs to be open to unleash this power of API and, and allow persons to decide what happens to their own data when it comes to financial data. Right. right. And uh, 
to overcome that, probably the regulator of many countries set rules for the financial services industry to, to give access um, to that. And you asked about the revolution, and I rather think it's an evolution, probably it started as a revolution, but evolution is not in going to open finance, where it's not just access to data around payment, but probably much more. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what would that include then? Yeah, you have like KYC data, data around the, the person itself. You have probably even some transactional data. If you want to set some orders, you have some portfolio data around uh, uh, your whole portfolio, not just the, the accounts. Um, and then it allows a um, wealth tax to have solutions where an end client can see his whole portfolio at the banks or even better at several banks at one go. And this is where everything comes together for the for the end client in the end to have much much better solutions and possibilities right i see and so you mentioned um apis uh, for our listeners that that don't know what apis are and what their role is in in building financial infrastructure can can you explain a little bit about that well let's not go into too technical but apis are there for for quite some time but uh, some know the, the history probably from amazon um, I think it, 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 they built their empire and their possibilities very much upon API technology, but this is not yet known that much to executive. But let's put it away. Um, if you need to connect any kind of technology systems, it's always about the integration. How do, you, do they communicate with each other? One is the technology itself and one is the, the language of the data, how it is specified um, that the data is set through. So, API now is the is a very efficient way, maybe not for every um, uh, solution, but for for solution to have quick, flexible um, connection from backend system to let's say front end system, and if done the right way, you gain a lot of um, uh, efficiency, resulting in lesser cost. And having then also set a standard on how the data is exchanged even gives on top more efficiency because uh, it's then almost I say almost plug and play it's like uh, thinking of a power plug um, and imagining you don't need to have any adapter you go to any country you plug it in your your laptop your devices and it's always the same power plug so it could become that easy if done the right way mm, right right and so in which ways do you think perhaps um, both obvious ways and, and more unexpected ways will open finance change the, the financial services industry? I think um, it's very tough for incumbent players, for large players to do real innovation. And a lot of innovation comes from wealth tech, reg tech, even health tech, however you want to see it. A lot of startups, um, but to enable them uh, to go into the world of, of uh, financial services and enable their services, they need to have access to, to data. And I think open finance is not, is not a question. If it comes, it will be there. And it, uh, it opens up the value chain of the whole industry. It's really breaking it up. And then new players come in and existing players can think of complete new business model. And uh, yeah, if access to data is here, then uh, I think completely new solutions arise, uh, which in the end also helps uh, um, every citizen um, to, to, to uh, have much better 
um, services around um, his financial or her financial data. I think the fear is there about losing control over the client. If you lose control over the client's data, maybe there's definitely some truth to it, but you cannot just close it down. I don't think that the client's data belong to the bank or the insurance company or however. Nevertheless, having said that, uh, maybe not as strong as in, in, in health, but still um, very regulated already are the security rules um, around financial data. So there's a little bit of a controversy you want to open up, but there's still a lot of rules on how uh, um, the data needs to be protected. Um, and that's exactly where, where it needs to start. It needs to open up and hopefully, hopefully the market is doing that and uh, it doesn't need to be forced entirely by regulation. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, so you just mentioned regulation. What is the, the regulatory framework around, around open finance and how do you think it is set to evolve in, in the next few years? I think that's the that's the very important question. Uh, you say about open banking, some regulations are there already, like PSD2 um, uh, in the EU, and, and then also there arise like Berlin Group, um, an association that then started to to form and define, specify standards around that as well. But it's really the right way um, to have the regulator come in that early, maybe giving some some principles out, very important but really very clear prescriptions. Not sure whether this makes it really efficient. And I don't wanna argue about how good it went or is going in, in, in Germany, for example, or UK um, around this, this topic. I strongly believe with my economic background that the, the market should regulate themselves. They should open up, um, recognize the opportunities, but not just being idealistic. I think there will be Arrest that also the regulator needs to help and step in, um, and not just for access to to account like PSD two in the EU, maybe also beyond that. As I explained before, that when you open up all data around financial services, mm -hmm. right. And so, what do you think financial services professionals should understand about about open finance? How is it fully relevant to 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 what they they do and and how they they think of their their role in in financial services? Yeah, here I would really emphasize on the executives of banks, insurance companies, and there are a lot of them. They really see the future. I call it the the, the future of finance. So. They should understand the opportunities of the API technologies and the possibility that arise out of open finance. And yeah, to a certain extent, is losing the fear of, of control uh, when providing these data interfaces to third parties. Um, and I think, as I said before, open finance should arise when market players talk to each other and uh, maybe supported by regulation and not forced by regulation to do things that then um, will increase cost again on, on any systems. Mm. I think generally there's always a, a fear of, of innovation sometimes and of, of new things coming in. Do you think it's just about embracing change then? Yeah, of course. I think that's always always a piece. And it's easy said. You can say, oh, we should do and and uh, this needs to be done. And I think there's, there's a lot of... Um, coffee chatting on, on how financial services uh, should go the next way. But what I think, like I mentioned for with Berlin Group or what we also try to do with Open Wells, really setting a standard and going around a, a concrete use case 
which is also a business case behind on efficiency. Because in the end, as executive or as banks, you show some companies, you don't just do something, you have a business case, economic value behind it. And it's not always that easy, even if it sounds very fancy and we should open up, it's not always that easy to come up with a, with a concrete business case and use case. And there the industry needs to work together. And I'm strongly convinced this, this is, uh, this is going to happen and it, it can work. Right. And so we, um, we've talked a lot more about the, the opportunities of, of open finance. Can you tell me about the sort of challenges and, and the potential hurdles um, of the, the widespread sort of kind of adoption of, of that innovation? Mm, definitely. I think you, you, you cannot just jump in somewhere because it sounds fancy and then uh, not think about security of the data. It's still very important, but then also to the trust of the third parties. So just opening up your, your data and, and, and any fintech or wealthy can, can hook up to the data and do whatever with it is necessary. I think that's a huge part that um, how to, and who especially needs to control the third party that they get kind of a certification. Yeah, they're an eligible third party to, to access and uh, <clears throat> having a solution or a service that really helps end client and is not um, abusing the, uh, the data that they, that they get. So security uh, and then the trust in the third party, I think it's one of uh, one very important point. And then the other thing is what you mentioned, um, openness, recognizing um, how important um, opening up is. And last but not least, and that's what we see it in open wealth uh, as well, is you need to have a concrete use case you, you know, you should not just fantasizing about how great it would be, but then nobody really gains something out of it. So it needs to have a, a concrete use case. And in Open Wealth, for example, we, we took something very simple, actually, something that was already here. It's having external asset managers, wealth tax, being connected to custodian banks. And this is done uh, already, actually, but very inefficient. And with having open APIs, um, with a standard that defines how the data is exchanged, this can become very, very efficient. And our members even commit to implement the standard, which is very important, not just setting out some specification and, and, and the organizations can think of maybe using it. Our members really committed to, to really make use of it, implement it, and we only can then really call it standard when it is really used um, by many players, both incumbent banks, insurance companies, but also the wealth tax. Mm -hmm. Do you think that most players in open finance are, are serious about, about kind of implementing those standards or are there sort of kind of rogue players trying to, 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 to you know, take, use it to, to their advantage? As I said, to use it to their advantage is only possible if, if third parties are not really controlled and yes i think everybody takes it very seriously but it's a bit of a chicken and egg problem so you have in the beginning to enable that to use the standard to implement it to have an api infrastructure it's a lot of cost you need to justify the cost while you're doing something and the costs are only justified um, for a bank for example if the wealth tax also use the standard and for the wealth tech it's only uh, in, in uh, interesting if they can hook up to banks then easily so when I come to our open wealth use case so we brought everybody to a table agreeing on what needs to be done and that's 
how actually also OpenWealth works with all the industry players and very important ones now for Switzerland, but going soon abroad. And uh, they define together these standards, how communication needs to be done and then efficiency is possible and this in a really fast way. Right, I see. And so finally, what um, do you think is, is the future of open finance? What can we expect um, in the near future? As I said, I hope it's it's coming from the market, but uh, you can imagine of other use cases, uh, maybe I mentioned a very few um, that are then made really more efficient, having, I don't know, um, bank assurance use case, probably where you have uh, very easy access and plan if you need a mortgage, but at the same time can maybe have uh, a, uh, a life insurance um, just ticked and all the insurances you need to, to build your house at one go. So a bank can even um, provide insurance services and vice versa, or you have account decoration, not just account, your whole portfolio. Think of people having several, their, their share of wallet at several banks. They want to have one overview looking at it. Um, despite there are three, four banks behind it and they see it at, at one go and, and many, many more applications, um, even just having banks connecting to their existing um, third parties, making this um, data exchange much, much cheaper. So I think there will be a lot of new possibilities. Um, also the value chain that uh, is split up to a certain extent and non-banks, non-income players can come with very innovative solutions and having a, a decent role in the whole financial services industry. Right. Okay, well, that seems like um, a great note to, to end on. Um, so, Raphael, thank you so much for being here and thank you everybody for listening. Um, if you'd like to get in contact with us about this episode, we're on Twitter at New Model Advisor or feel free to get in contact with me directly. I'm cmelly, M E L E Y, at citywire.co.uk. Um, thanks again, everyone. Thank you, Raphael, and we will see you next week. This CityWire podcast is sponsored by Scottish Mortgage Investment Trust. Scottish Mortgage invests in some of the world's most promising and exceptional companies, from healthcare breakthroughs to electric vehicles to a green energy revolution. Scottish Mortgage takes stakes in businesses shaping our future economy and society. As with any investment, capital is at risk.